This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hey everybody, it is me. It's Russ the Big Guy. I am in the studio here uh, with Brenna. Hey Brenna. Howdy. Brenna's my sometimes co-host. She has the recording studio next door and uh, uh, and yeah, she is my daughter as well. Um, but one of the best things is she's good moral support and <laughs> Watching the she then. catches me because I'm doing some of the engineering here and uh, rather than rather than have her do it all the time, make her do it, I do it myself. It's, but she keeps an eye on me because I mess up all the time as we just did uh, a, a couple minutes ago. Um, but anyways, here we are and uh, this is an interesting, uh, interesting episode of Going Boldly. I have uh, somebody I met years ago uh, by accident. So it was an accidental introduction, I guess. There was a comedy club here in town, and some dude from the city came up. He was a comedian for this opening for this club, and we were enjoying the show, but next to us was a table of drunk women. I don't know if our guest remembers this, but uh, we're going to chat about this briefly, and this is, (laughs) I became a lifelong fan that night, so here we go. I want to introduce you to Davin Rosenblatt. Hey, How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, listen, Davin's here. He is uh, one of those guys that goes boldly, and he has been doing this for a long time. Uh, as I said, I'm a fan from that initial comedy night, but then he has not only side-splitting productions and DavinComedy.com and now Laugh at Home Comedy, but he has Davin's Den, which is his podcast. I believe that's a podcast, right? Am I saying it correctly? Well, um, it, well, you can get it in podcast form. Okay. Um, we started on terrestrial radio. Ah. Uh, we've been on the internet. We've been a nationally syndicated radio show. Yeah. We do it live on the internet on Tuesday nights. Yeah. So you can listen to it on my website live, or you can watch it on uh, the Davin's Den page on Facebook live. You can see it via Zoom. And then I put it up in podcast. So you could call it whatever you want. So there you go, guys. That is why this is a going boldly episode. This guy's into, uh, this guy does not, must not rest. I don't know uh, how he gets all this stuff done, but I know you have some help with Davin's Den with uh, your co host Pip and Joe Curry, right? And that's Curry IE. I'm sure he, he's, he might be. Yeah, you he, met Joe. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, not Pip, but I did meet Joe, the three of you on Davin's Den. And, uh, oh gosh, uh, and Scam the Scammers is become a huge part of that, right? I mean, is that the whole Davin's Den now, or has it become no. a famous episode? No, what, what that is, it's a, it's a portion of the show. Yeah. But we, you know, it's, I do it like a radio show, not a podcast. I mean, we're on yeah. for three hours. So most nights, the first segment of the show, just catching up what's going on with our lives, something, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Second part of the show, very often we'll do some current events stories. And then the third part, will be the uh, scamming the scammers. And that's Gosh. the part that's, I guess, made the show known. Part of our show is, of course, giving our, our listeners some uh, inspiration, right? And um, let them know that, like, normal people are making progress. <laughs> we're about as, I don't know if we're normal or Abby normal, but uh, <laughs> as the joke goes, Abby normal. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we like to, like to, we're like real people. Let's just put it that way. So they're real people doing yeah. stuff, right? Real people doing real things. That's exactly right. Our listeners are um, aspiring entrepreneurs, new business owners. They're hitting all those uh, obstacles that you and I have have already conquered and that, you know, the things that come up all the time uh, that many people 
um, find uh, too difficult to overcome and end up quitting uh, or get stuck, right? So that's that's kind of what we're doing here. So give us a give us a brief. I know you went to law school. Mm-hmm. Are you a law school dropout, or did you decide I that? Am a law school dropout. <laughs> well, I'm an art school dropout, so there you go. That's that's even worse. <laughs> we all have loans to pay for stuff we don't use. Yeah, <laughs> no loans here for my friend. <laughs> Let me ask you though, uh, how I'm did how did you, what's that? I said I'm paid off now, but uh, God bless you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I see you should, you should have sat on it because uh, maybe the new administration will, would have paid it for you. Well, I don't I don't know, maybe, but I'll tell you what, the lawyer from the old administration, rumor is he's not getting paid. Yeah, so. I, heard, I just heard that today. It's Rudy Giuliani for anybody who's not up on current events. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I only read the headlines. I didn't get to find out what the details were, but let's get back to you. Um, okay. it, law school, and then mm-hmm. uh, it, what happened? It's like... You know, like I, you were performing in a club and said, you know, forget about this legal stuff, or you decided you didn't want to be governor anymore, or what? What happened? Well, I mean, before comedy, I did have aspirations of conquering the world. Yeah, I did want to be a ultimately probably a politician, but um, in between college and law school, I started doing um some stand up comedy. Went to some mics. Started yeah. really enjoying that. Then I went to um, law school full time. I was commuting from Jersey to Brooklyn Law School, which was a couple of hours each way. Then I, w- I had a new girlfriend who eventually became my wife, oh. and I was working in a mortgage company. So I had a lot on my plate, yeah. and I wasn't really able to perform uh, much comedy. I did perform at the Brooklyn Law School talent show where I was uh, kicked off stage <laughs> by the host, and people were outraged. And like, because I, I, you know, I guess I was edgy. I fancied myself a, a young dice clay. Oh, you were obviously I evolved. They found you way too. They found you way too insulting, probably because that is that the deal. I, I I guess it was too edgy, but then again, the, I'm I'm getting yanked off stage from a crossdresser who just wanted to do more time. So then after the show, so during the show, actually, while the show's going on, um, people are coming up to me and saying how much they liked it. Yeah, my uh, girlfriend, my wife now is giving the crossdresser. The old what for, you know, tell, telling uh, this person what she thinks of what was done to me. Oh. And the next day, everybody's talking about it in law school. So that got me to thinking. And I being constitutional law, um, which is a difficult class, yeah, writing jokes oh. instead of paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> when you're paying all this money for an education and you're writing jokes, yeah. it might be time to leave. So yes. after I was halfway done. I had good, my grades were good. They were, they were, they were steadily rising. Um, I was one of these people that didn't have to study hard, but still got decent answers and could participate. But I just, I gave it up. It was just taking up too much time. So um, then I just, I continued um, in the mortgage company and then that, that ended and I just morphed into a full-time comic. Well, that's how I was curious as to how you could afford to get to, to do the comedy because because uh, I know that in our little town here, I was hosting, uh, for about a year, I hosted a weekly comedy night. And the comics, I don't think you uh, were one of them uh, that came up here, but I know those guys were driving from Philly, Jersey, down in New York City, and that's, that's a three-hour drive plus for any of them right. one way, right? So they they were making, some of them were making 100 150 bucks a 150 for the night. 
And then driving right. driving home and going back to work if they had a day job or, you know, whatever. Uh, most of them, there was a hotel for them, but most of them didn't stay. So I knew for the amount of time and expense they were putting in that uh, they weren't, you know, that was not a net positive uh, financially for them. I'm sure they lost money every time they came up here. But working for the mortgage, mortgage company, I'm assuming that you made halfway decent money there. Really how I supported myself with comedy was yeah. I started side splitting productions which was my company. I started producing my own shows because at that level, there's more money in producing the show sure. than necessarily performing on the show. So I was putting together lots of shows and restaurants and things like that. And the shows were good and I, I would get rehired. I mean, the shows got better as I went on because I knew better comics. Yeah. But um, yeah. And you know, I, I just asked the guy who started me in comedy, uh, Bobby Gonzo, I, I would just pick his brain. I would ask him questions all the time about everything about the comedy industry. So, I mean, part of if, if we're going to go boldly, yeah. uh, as the show is called, one good thing to do is find somebody you trust and listen. Uh, li listen is an invaluable uh, skill. Perfect. I mean, you don't have to do everything somebody tells you. Sure. But there might be a lot of nuggets in there that you can use and avoid making mistakes. That's right. Yeah, definitely agree. That's the definitely the thing to do. And we like to we'll, we like to summarize some of these things and and take note of that. And I thank you for doing that because that was perfect. So that's kind of along the line of mentorship or mm -hmm. just going to the people who have already done it. And there are people who will, who will take the time and help. I mean, here's the thing with uh, young comics that I found when I was uh, younger. Maybe I was a little too giving. Uh, like I would offer advice, and from the best place in my heart to help them. Sure. And it wasn't always well received. So now I kind of, uh, keep my mouth shut unless somebody asked me. Yes. And then if they ask me and I see they're a hard worker yeah. and they're serious about it, I will, uh, I will tell them everything I know that can help them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that you hit it on the key, a couple of keys there. One is, uh, um, some, sometimes people get a misperception. I mean, I've, uh, I've changed quite a bit, but in the old days when I would offer suggestions or whatever, it wasn't very wasn't received well. People kind of got a feeling maybe I was arrogant, and it wasn't in my right. heart, but it was my approach and it was my lack of communication skills. Additionally, the great thing is to help somebody who is serious, right? Who's going to do the work? That's a big part yeah. of it, you know, because <laughs> you only have so much time, and you know, why waste your time with somebody who's just, you know, it's a lark or. I'm not really worried about their talent level or their ability. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more interested in how interested they are in learning the right way and getting better and paying it forward. I don't care how funny you are. That's either going to come or it's not going to come. Yeah. That's a good point. So now we're in your uh, comedy career here. That's when I met you. So this was, this was interesting. I, some friends and I went out to this club that opened locally. It was you know, big fancy club. Somebody from the city had come up here and was buying properties and opened this club up. And uh, so it was opening night. A lot of mucky mucks in there. A lot of champagne. And uh, Davin is the Davin is the entertainment. <laughs> I don't know how you got the gig, but uh, I don't know. If, did you? I don't know if you knew the owner or not, or even if you remember this. It was quite a while ago. It was years ago. Maybe even a decade. It um, probably could have been fifteen. Well, I mean, I believe I got it through a booking agency. Okay. So what will happen? These venues. Um, if they're smart about, they'll hire a booking agency, a talent agency. Yeah. And then the talent agency has a roster. And if the talent agency delivers, uh, they'll probably keep the account for a while. Gotcha. If the talent agency doesn't deliver and doesn't try to adapt and try to figure out what the customer wants and what's right for their clientele, 
uh, either comedy or whatever it is will end or they'll find a different talent agency. Yeah. So the talent agency brought me in. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, uh, Davin is the, is the entertainment and, I don't know. I got a chance to see like behind the scenes when I was doing the uh, uh, at a different venue. I was the host for about a year, once a week for a year. So I got to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I found out how hard it is to actually put a set together. Like it's not easy to get material for ten minutes, much less twenty or you know half an hour or longer. I mean that's right. tough. And not every comic is good at doing crowd work at the improvisational part of it, right? Some of them need to stay on script. And if they have a heckler Correct. or something in the audience, it really messes up their show. And some of them get Correct. pretty pissed off about it. Uh, Correct. Now, th this is what happened the night that we watched you. I was right up front, uh, close enough to put my feet on the stage, although I don't do that. Uh, and Good. that, and Good me, me, yeah, me and my friends, right? So are my friends and I. And uh, next to us was a table of young ladies who... Uh, at the beginning of the show, it was not obvious um, as to their level of inebriation. But it didn't take long, maybe, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and all of a sudden, there was a disruption. <laughs> and uh, and um, Davin tried to mute it, right, and recognize it, ask nicely, stop, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, he's just like, <laughs> F it. All right, we're not doing. I guess we're. Not, I guess we're not doing this. And he walked up to the edge of the stage with his toes at the edge of the stage and basically destroyed this table of girls. Now, drunk ladies, all improvisational stuff. Now, normally, I you know I'm not into humiliation humor and stuff like that. But these this table really deserved it. You weren't like really brutal to them, but you. Basically, they stopped, they shut up. But the whole rest of the show was not your set. It was all improv, and it was all this. It was all crowd work with this table, and uh, the house loved it. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. It was pretty impressive, I thought. So I don't. Well, th well thank you. Kudos I, to I you. don't remember it, but but it doesn't surprise me. It was at on. It was at on cue or on cue. They called it. It was by. It was like a old uh, railroad station or whatever. Old warehouses right along the railroad in Binghamton, New York. Okay. Yeah. 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 Vaguely rings a bell. I know I did a bunch of things. Yeah. In that town. Yeah. For the same agency. Okay. Yeah, and you were you were at several of them. Yeah, you know, I think we was, I think uh, we followed up I, after that because we because we were fans. We we're like this guy's good. Like he, you know, it doesn't just come in and recite a bunch of jokes. Like Davin has the intelligence behind it. I think that's that's the part that got me. It was the intellect. So. You know, kudos you. to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and I know, and we were all imp we were all improv people that were in there. Okay. So there were all of us. We had started an improv troupe locally. So all the people yeah, yeah. that was were with like us. Was it a coffee house type place? Uh, it was a bar. It was a bar. That one was a bar. When did you decide to start the radio show? Because that really got my attention. I hadn't known too much about that. I'm not sure that podcasting was super popular at the time. I know that it was mostly terrestrial radio. Like you said, that's where you started. I remember you were pretty excited. I think, did you get on uh, Sirius or something like that at one point? I mean, I've been on Sirius, but my show hasn't been on Sirius. My show, um, like I said, we were nationally syndicated. We were in over 30 markets at one point. Yeah. Our biggest market was probably Atlanta. Okay. That was probably our biggest market and when we were there for a few years, but then that syndication company uh, wound up going out of business terrestrial radio. Um, it's not an easy industry right now. There's, I bet. there's a lot of, 
a lot of conglomerates now, not even a lot of conglomerates, just a lot of, you know, you get like one or two, like Cumulus or whoever, yeah. or Clear Channel, and they kind of gobble up all the small ones. So there's not a lot of opportunity. Right. Was that the, was the pivot for you then to start, to start it as a podcast? Like, like I started on, ter- I started on terrestrial radio and it was just one of those, um, and anybody can do this. It's, it's pay to play. Like you got to get advertisers, right. sponsors to pay for your time. Then I migrated over to, um, Anthony Kumi of Opie and Anthony. I don't know if you know, yeah. Opie and Anthony, yeah, I know of him. but, but uh, An- Anthony now has his own, uh, network but we were the forerunner to that so we would do our shows out of his house and anthony would be our fourth mic and you know at the time we were also on a bunch of internet radio shows internet radio stations and i've been on the internet for years there's all these different stations now i now i just do it out of mine yeah and uh and then i I got a syndication company that liked what i did and i'm talking to another one now i have to actually call him later on after we're done but uh and then um a big thing was iHeartRadio really liked what I did with the scammers. Yeah. And uh, be- before they even went live with the podcast, before they even did beta, they signed me and they gave me two channels. They would have given me three, but I just never had the time to put content together for the third. Wow. So they, they we were like one of one of, if not the only independent, because most of most of the uh, podcasts they wound up getting at the time were like well-established or part of their uh you know, their radio programming. Yeah. So I guess that was, um, I don't know. Yeah. But before iHeartRadio went live with their podcast, we were already signed and we've been with them since day one. That's amazing. Is, uh, yeah. That's really cool. amazing. Right. That's a big, uh, brag right there. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, mean, I heart's it, not it, a small it, player. You know what it is, Russ? It's like everything else. It gives you legitimacy. Yeah. Does it mean I'm adding better or worse than anybody else? No, but people hear iHeartRadio and maybe they'll listen for another 30 yeah. seconds and, make a decision. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, like that's everything. cool. Well, Ted, now tell us about this scam, the scammers, because, uh, I've, I've, uh, I followed a couple of these and I don't know if it was early when you started it or not. I remember, <laughs> I remember the woman wanted to, wanted to marry you and was needing money. And, uh, I don't know who it ended up being, but <laughs> somebody in Nigeria well, they probably marry me and they all need money. It's just, <laughs> it's just the world I create for them that determines how this is going to go. All right. So, so is this a result of, of your interest in the legal system? I mean, how, what, what happened? What was the first thing that happened? Like this you is, just got an is, email I'm actually, and I'm actually, work, I'm actually working on a book. I know about this. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. Talk so about the book if you what want, whatever. Was, I'm a comedian. I'm, I'm yep. sitting at home. Yeah. You know, I already got the radio show going. I'm sitting at home during the day and I'm on Facebook and I get um, a message from some girl who I don't know. And her English is God awful. Right. And, uh, but she's claiming that she's 30 years old and a, and a high school student from Hawaii. So I'm, already, I'm already a little suspicious <laughs> and she wants to be a fashion designer. Uh huh. And so I'm talking to her and I don't know what this is. But I know this isn't right, so I'm just having fun at her expense. Yeah. So I messaged my co-host Pip. I go, Pip, I don't know what this is, but this uh, I'm getting this message, and I'm just having fun with this person. You know, do, do you think this would be good on the radio? And she goes, Yeah, do it. So I have the, I have the conversations, and we're going and going. And I brought it to the radio the first time, and the, and this is when we were in Anthony's house, right? And um. Now are you just so talk the, you're just talking about this and reading the messages or did you get I'm this? reading the me- okay. I'm reading the conversation. <clears throat> right. I'm reading but I'm making it funny. Like I'm writing to her absurd stuff. Sure. But uh, but I'm making it funny. 
but the, but we didn't know what we were doing with it. And Anthony was drinking and he was single. And I think some girls came over. Oh my so God. Anthony lost interest, which is fine. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a playboy millionaire and he's doing us a favor by leaving in his house. So oh, he boy. kind of abandoned ship on it. And then because Anthony and Joe, my other co-host are very close. And, uh, and now Joe starts to abandon ship on in the middle of the bit while we're on the air. Yeah. So basically it's, um, it's just me and Pip. And I, I, I tell people all the time, a lot of the stuff, you know, cause I've been on, I've, we've been national, we've been covered in international papers. I've been, uh, on syndicated TV shows, big TV shows with the scammers ruined billion dollar losses, all this stuff. It came out of this and Pip Helix gets a lot of the credit because when everybody was abandoning ship and we didn't know what the hell this was, Pip stayed by my side for that bit and we got through that first show and after the show me and joe have a screaming match outside the studio oh, going back and forth at each other because we didn't know what it was we yeah. didn't know what it was we didn't know what it was going to be well what but was we it what were you screaming about what was his thing it was like this is a waste of time or yeah he yeah he thought this sucks what are we doing it goes yeah. on too long bah, yeah. bah, 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 bah. and i'm like no no this is going to be funny this is going to be this is going to be something and, yeah. you know, what a lot of people do is when they scam scammers, they'll lead them on for 15 minutes, half an hour, right. hour, a couple hours, whatever. I create worlds. I create soap operas. I loved it. And you so keep I, reporting back <laughs> on progress. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, because I'll keep them engaged for days, weeks, months, years. Yeah. So I am wasting their time so they can't hurt other people. And I learned more about what scamming was as I went on with this. I started educating myself. And I found out the damage that they do to people. I found out that they have links to terrorism. I really educated myself. And then I became, so I joined some of these anti-scam groups on social media. And then it wound up where I, I would be counseling people and, you know, helping people. And I'd be dealing with suicidal people, you know, trying to get them through it. Oh, gosh. And everything, which, which was never my intention. And then just because, I guess, because the law school training yeah. and the way you look at things. Soon in the community, I was leaned on to investigate things or to verify things because I wasn't emotionally invested. Like a lot of the people in that community had been scammed. Yes. So they might, they might, their opinions might be colored a little bit because of their experience. I'm just looking and I go, no, this is false. This is real. This is what you got to do. So I became more leaned on and then throughout the things wound up ruining lawsuits and everything, a multi-billion dollar lawsuit against match.com scoop the mainstream media. Yeah. So it just, it just all evolved from one scammer deciding to message me. And we're doing this close to a decade now. And I'm always creating these false stories for them. And there's been romance scams. And now the one we're doing on the radio show was the foreign exchange trading scammer. Right, what's and, going on uh, with that, that now? But, Are they trying to sell you Bitcoin or something or? No. Well, she was trying to get me to, um, Sign up, invest with her in the trading of foreign currencies. Ah, but you know, I I did research into that. I didn't know about forex uh, before that. I did research into what that was and what okay. the company she claimed to be part of was. And I did research on the website. Gotcha. So I, I knew it was nonsense. And that started in July of last year. So we're we're covering that on the show. I wound she wound up staying with me for close to a year oh, because gosh. I morphed it. I morphed it into a romance scam. Do we know who it was? So yeah, you Is it some 50-year-old guy I never, in uh, Haiti or something? Or This person, I think, was from Africa. I never found out who this real person was. But uh, amazingly enough, 
at one point with one of the scammers, she actually revealed who she was. In my story that I created for her, I was getting divorced and the next day was supposed to be the settlement and I could, and I was going to send her money. That's what she believed. Yeah. The day before the divorce settlement, the imaginary divorce settlement, she told me that she was not the girl she was posing to be in the picture, but instead she was a girl from Ghana. That's what yeah. she told. There was no reason for her to tell me that at that point. Oh my and gosh. I, I had, and I had already heard a guy feeding her lines in a phone call. So then it came out. Then I actually had video chats with the girl face to face, the real girl, yeah. which never happens. And I set up her friend who was part of the scamming syndicate with Joe Curry, my co-host Joe was playing a character. <laughs> oh, and I wound up and I wound up seeing that girl face to face and having um I think Skype was the big video yeah. thing at the time. I wound up having Skype calls with um a girl named Belinda and a girl named Mavis. And Belinda and I guess that was like around 2013, 2014. I mean, as recently as late last year, I was still talking to Belinda a little bit. Now, how do these things resolve? You send local law enforcement because they're from overseas. Does it, Do you have a direct link to Interpol or what? Or is it just nothing happens? I mean, how, well, I mean, do, how do they resolve themselves? Well, you got to understand, first of all, um, they've never committed a crime per se with me because uh, I've never sent them money. What, now, if maybe, what if you send them a dollar? I don't know. Would that be actually one of them? We did send money to okay. Anthony ponied up. Anthony ponied up money. Yeah, we Western Union her the money. Yeah, but I don't think we ever told her. So I think it was just sitting there in Western Union. Oh, what about a what an envelope? An envelope with cash sent through the U.S. mail that would eventually get to wherever it was going. That would be mind blowing, wouldn't it? Yeah, but why would I want to do that? Well, one, you'd get an address that would have to be good for something. I get the address anyway. Oh, you do. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of times I do. I could you a imagine how excited they'd be to get do, like open up an envelope and like see cash? They'd be like, "Oh, well, this yeah." But I'm not really there to. I'm not really there to make them happy. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> you, I just. Think, remember, I was just thinking that setting the, I lead, setting the hook, like you know, I mean, not real money, like twenty dollars or something. I lead them on. No, yeah. no, no, no. You don't need to. Huh? Although, although Belinda, although Belinda, I actually did consider consider sending her some money mm -hmm. because she gave so much good entertainment. Okay, I was I was actually kept like you it's know, like an entertainment fee. It's like tipping. It's like tipping yeah, your like, tipping your comic at the end of the night. That's like yeah. It's like buying like, it's like buying a CD and a and a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like she. I felt like she deserved a little something, but oh then I gosh. reminded myself. Oh wait, she's a criminal. That's right. No, I did. That's right. So, if people want to find out more about this, they can um, they can just go on Davin's Den, right? Or is there a separate? Uh, do you have a separate channel for that, or is that right? Just part of Davin's Den? Scam the scammers? Yeah, you go to davincomedy.com or davinsden.com. Okay. It's all the same website. Awesome. All the podcasts are up there. Great, and uh, and you're doing so much. So I wanted to just mention um, uh, because of COVID, like many organizations, you've pivoted. And, um, and I just found out that found this out the other day that you started uh, laugh at home comedy. Correct. So tell us about laugh at home listeners out there. This is one of the pivots, right? So when you get uh, lemons, you make lemonade or, you know, when you have hurdles, man, if you can't jump over them, you go around them, right. Or dig under them. Well, listen, uh, you, you know, you and I live in New York yeah. and entertainment is completely shut down yeah. in this state. Yeah. Entertainment is shut down in a lot of parts of the country, mm -hmm. but especially in our state. So we're just using the technology that's presented to us. Um, exactly. We're using, we're, we're, I'm, I'm bringing in professional comedians 
And, you know, we, we have these shows and you can watch yeah. it from the comfort of your own home. I have a moderator to make the experience better, make sure everybody sounds good, everything. So it's me. And um, he actually started as my social media guy, Adam, uh, you know, to help me with promotions and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, I've, I've really um, enjoyed working with Adam. So I asked him if he wanted to be my partner in this. Nice. And I'm going to talk to him later on about doing a Valentine's Day show. But basically, you know, you can watch comedy. From your house, professional comedians on your phone, on your TV, on your tablet, whatever it is. Yeah. And because of because of Zoom technology, as opposed to Facebook Live, we can actually hear the audience. So much like you and I are talking right now. Yes, exactly. I can work the room. Hey, yeah. Hey, what's with that mustache? But 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 not that that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Sure you would. That's cool. <laughs> I think that's the brilliant part of it, to be honest. Um, and in contrast, I've watched, and not for more than a few minutes, many television shows, for example, um, you know, late night talk shows and other shows that are now broadcasting remotely, and mm -hmm. the energy is all wrong. There's no audience. I mean, it's there is different. no audience. And uh, what a difference. I actually watched one of the... Uh, it might have been your sizzle reel. I can't remember. It was, uh, it was. Uh, there were several comics on it, and of course, uh, whoever was doing the editing was picking up, uh, was was um, inserting vision, the visuals of the home audience, right? So that the, was Adam. Okay, Adam did the editing. So that was great because you could see people laughing and you could hear everybody laughing, and yes. and so for um, for a consumer for the audience that is part of the experience. And then, I mean, you know that, like people, if you ever watch an audience, like they laugh and then they look next to them. They look at the person they came with, like they need, like, oh, did you think that was funny too? Oh yeah, that person's laughing. Oh, that's good. There's more than that. There's more going on. There's a lot going on actually. And then of course, be between the performer and the audience too, that energy, without that energy, it's like flat. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, I mean, some people, um, when they do these type of shows, they ask the audience to mute their microphones. That's wrong. I don't want your I don't want your microphone muted. Now the great thing about me having an atom is yeah. if there's a lot of background noise in that one person's house, yeah. we can mute it. Yeah, the barking not, dog or whatever. Somebody's doing yeah, dishes in the so back. So it doesn't ruin it for other people. Right. But but otherwise, we I can hear the laughs. That and that helps me with the with the timing. I mean, it's not exactly live in person. But it's the next best thing that we could do right now. I think the energy is good with that. I think that that um, as you do that more and uh, maybe you know maybe it gets polished up a little bit, a little smoother. Yeah. That's going to be really nice. And and again, I think the brilliant part of that is keep is keeping the audience part of the whole experience. And um, if if I'm on there watching that, there's other people on there. Now they can see each other too, or is it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's depending on the depending on the settings that you have on your Zoom, yeah. you can either like. Just have me or whoever the performer is, or you could have the whole screen filled up with other people. It's really your choice. Now, when I do it, when I'm when I'm performing, so what happens is when when, I, when we do a laugh at home comedy show that I produce, as opposed to working for somebody else. Yes. Um, I will host the show, and then I will have other comedians on the show with me, and I will hook up my computer to my television, and I will have all the faces. So I could see them so I can actually work the room. Hey, you, uh, hey, you, Billy in the corner. Cause it's got your name. Like this yeah. is Russ, the big guy. I can refer to you by name. I, I could, you, you can't know, do that. In I live, can work right? the room. That's a, and that's like a benefit. You can't do right? that. That's one of the benefits. That's a little different from actually doing a live event. You don't know everybody's name unless you ask them. Right. right. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Correct. That's awesome.
All right. So I wanted to mention I really like your writing. I read some of your reviews on the hotels. And <laughs> with this, and now these are a few years old. Obviously, this past year, you probably haven't been traveling too much. Um, or, no, although, have no. you been going out of state for shows? Um, last, last weekend was the first time I've been out of state since March. I was working oh. in March out of state as things were getting shut down day by day. Yeah. And I think I was working with COVID-19, as it turns out. I didn't realize it at the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was really, really ill. Doing oh, shows. oh, I yeah. did. I, oh gosh. Now I did, um, I did a game show once, um, for, <laughs> for one of these, uh, um, New Year's Eve, uh, big, big, uh, to do's like uh, first night or last night. It, it wasn't the official one. It was whatever the wrong one sure. is. And, uh, they, they filled an entire school full of, uh, <laughs> things to do. And I had a room where I ran a game show. So I brought the sound system and all the props and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I was feeling bad and I felt like I probably had a fever and I was kind of like feeling like, Oh boy, I, you know, I'm getting sick. But by that night, and this was New Year's Eve, um, I actually went to my parents' house and we celebrated there. They live in another town. And, um, mm-hmm. that night, I, God, it was the sickest I've ever been. Like, really, it was so bad. If you can imagine, like, struggling to stay conscious, um, Mm -hmm. you know, coming out of both ends, you know, just like um, 30 seconds from going, calling the ambulance or going to the emergency room. Like, I got that bad. And and I didn't realize how sick I was when I did the show, but I'm sure I infected <laughs> I infected hundreds of people. So it was pretty bad. So well, you know what's weird is in our industry, in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. you're always told the show must go on. You have yeah. to perform. Well, that was my thinking. So and you know, I was brought up. I mean, when I was doing open mics, you know, again with my mentor Bobby Gonzo. Yeah. Uh, he's like, no, you got to work, and you work sick. Yeah. And that's what we did. Yeah. You, you, you and people in their everyday life, they go to work sick. COVID-19 has changed all of that. That's now, true. Like, wait a minute. I got a sniffle. Let me just stay home and keep everybody safe. <laughs> I think we're a little bit more uh, tolerant now. Well, I'm I think not, if you're I'm not working, if you're working in an office or a food environment or something and you're sick, you, that, you know, we should have been staying home all this time, but being yes. an entertainer up on a stage, it's not like you're three feet from somebody in a little club spitting on them. Well, I, I mean, think of all the I people that I spit on with all my improv shows, spit and sweat on in the front row. Oh my gosh. Well, think about it though. Like, like we're sharing a microphone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so, yeah, not good. You know, at least, at least in my case, sharing a microphone, I wound up getting my feature when I was working in March. Uh, I wound up getting my feature sick and he wound up getting his wife sick. Wonderful. Good for you. <laughs> I, well, who knew? I thought I had yeah, I, I, I did it. I did. It. I had no idea because I didn't have the cough. Sure. Well, everybody's know? a little but different I had as we found a out. lot of the, I had stomach issues with it. I'm going to keep it, you know, as clean yeah, as yeah, possible yeah. with that. Sure. And, um, it wasn't commonly known at that time, but it was just starting to come out that this might be a symptom of it. Now, if you look oh. at the symptoms, this is one, this is one of the symptoms. So I thought I had food poisoning, right? You go, all right, this will run its course in 24 hours. Yeah. But when it doesn't run its course and you got chills, you got fever and you're achy and you can't stay awake yeah. and you have all this, it's like, wait a minute. And you know, I was working in New York city the week before I went on the road and I was working in New Jersey the week before I went on the road. And that's where it was really starting. But this was March. It was hard to get tested. Like, no, nah, if you're not still sick, yeah. you can't get tested. So that's why well, you're I lucky. don't know you're lucky. if I had it, but I'm guessing. And you may have. So there were 
I mean, we had we had some people that we thought may have gotten it earlier, like early in this thing, some unusual yeah. symptoms like loss of taste and stuff like that. So, but you're lucky, you know, you came out the other end, no issues. Oh. I also have a friend who possibly uh, who has who is home now, but possibly has some um, deficiencies because of it. Some like that's how bad he was. So it was mental deficiencies. They, they don't know they call what's going to happen. They to call him. those people. They call those people. Long haulers, and you know, with the COVID deniers, not to get off topic, yeah, but they'll just go, Well, you know, X amount of people died, you know, and that's not enough, whatever that means, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Enough. but it's like we're not even talking about the people who get really sick and who have not recovered properly, like they don't know, right, how this is going to turn out. I mean, you, you have professional athletes who have it who can't play yet because it caused issues with their heart. I mean, these are pretty, yes. these are young men in their early 20s in peak shape that got COVID and they still can't play. And they, so we and, don't know what this right, is. Right, and be. they may not. We don't know. We don't know for sure right. where they're going to. All right, right. so uh, let's get back to let's get back to your hotel reviews because that's that's where we started on this co- line of conversation. But a little, okay. listen, I just wanted to say this to you. I started re- I read some of your hotel reviews, and I think they may have been from like 2016 or whatever. It was whatever you know okay. whatever came up. I think that if you put some effort into this, like you could make a book or like a whole blog or, you know, something on these hotel reviews. The one of them, the one, <laughs> the best thing about the hotel review was it had good water pressure. <laughs> like that was like, that's what you said. That, I think maybe you said the people were nice and they had good water pressure. And other than that, nothing. <laughs> I think you, I think that was, was the one. That, you, was that in Michigan? I don't remember, but I think, <laughs> I think you had a two night stay and you, you like, you left in the middle and just went to some hostel or something. Where you <laughs> yeah. That guy wound up threatening me. The owner of that place wound up threatening me. Oh my on, gosh. On, Facebook. Yeah. Well, I never uh, well, that's, that's what makes it worthwhile. <laughs> like if there's no repercussion, if there's, if there's no danger, there's no point in, and uh, there's no point in making a book out of it. Well, here's the deal. Like um, I'm part of this, well, I'm part of this uh, th- company for entertainers where you could get really cheap discounts on hotels, yeah. but you got to do reviews for them and social media and blah, 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 all this stuff. <laughs> okay. And it's supposed to be nice places. Well, they didn't want a real review then is what you're saying. It, it was, I, I, well, I called them. I go, I go, this place is a nightmare. Like the blood <laughs> is still wet on the carpet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want me to give an honest review? He's like, yeah, give an honest review. Oh boy. I mean, it, it, it was bad. I, if that's the place I'm thinking about in Michigan, I wound up leaving after one night there, I was supposed to stay there several nights, and I wound up crashing at a friend's house. I think there's gold there. Like, not that you need another project, I guess, but if you're writing them anyways, <laughs> write them. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you could write them with the idea that you're going to publish them all and, you know, combine them all, the aggregate collection of, like, you know, Rosenblatt, Rosenblatt on the Road or something like that. I, I got to tell, tell you, Russ, uh, I would rather stay in a nice hotel than have to write a skating <laughs> review after staying in a crappy hotel. I'd rather go, this place is beautiful and amazing. End of story. Well, you know, if I have to go and, if I'm doing creative writing that, yeah. uh, on a review, that's me being as nice as possible without going, what a freaking asshole. <laughs> well, maybe they just need to be truth bombs and they're just, you know. I, I, and there might be, well, think of it this way. You're saving, you, if you went to the crappy hotels on purpose, you'd save money, first of all. Uh, and then you'd have great, <laughs> you'd have great fodder for the reviews, which in turn would give you a publication later. Uh, anyways, I did enjoy, I did enjoy what was there and they were, 
for the most part, they were, you know, nice reviews, but you have a nice turn of phrase. And I think that was the thing I liked. Uh, I did also, I, (laughs) I did also want to mention, um, that you have some great advice for everybody. You don't have to be a business owner or even an aspiring entrepreneur to utilize this advice. But if you're in a public protest and you wear Nazi swag, it's you're probably not going to get good press on it. (laughs) I think it's just like a one, that'd be like the one basic rule, really, even if you're like a, a white supremacist, you're probably better off not to wear the Nazi swag. You could probably well, tone, I mean, you could get your point across and tone it down a little bit. I just posted this today on social media. Oh, okay. Basically, uh, we cover a lot of, um, you know, we like on the show, we make fun of Nazis sometimes I'm called Nazi news. Okay. So, and it's become recurring over the years where I've just said, you know, as a politician and we see politicians screw this up including our, our current president when given the opportunity. Yeah. Whenever you get the chance to denounce Nazis, yeah. always do it. It's a For good an idea. American politician, <laughs> there's no greater layup yeah. than Nazis bad. That's an you easy one, right? Wrong, <laughs> That's right? a slam dunk. It should be. You shouldn't get any pushback on it, really. Except from the Nazis, but yeah, you don't want but to we don't care. Out. We don't care about the Nazis. <laughs> and the other point is what you were talking about with the swag is yeah. if you're in a protest, yeah. no matter what the cause is, exactly. whether it be Black Lives Matter, uh, support for 45, Ag- statues, whatever it is. Agreement. Cause, I agree. PETA, whatever it is. <laughs> if you see people wearing Nazi swag. Yeah. Time to go home. Don't go. You don't want <laughs> take your you kids. Take your protest. kids home. <laughs> take your kids yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in the protest right. that has Nazis in it. Right. Whatever the cause, <laughs> there'll be another protest. When, uh, when even even if there's Auschwitz or whatever <laughs> yeah. or, or the swastika. Yeah. Wrap it up. Yeah. Time to go home. Come on, kids. We're gonna go get ice cream. Pick <laughs> and pick up your picnic basket. Get the hell out of there. Yes. Don't stand, yes. don't stand around being the innocent injured bystander and then complain later about your kids got, uh, your kids, your kids got, um, gassed or something. Well, not gassed, listen, but listen, you can't go, but I'm a good person. If right. you're walking next to the Nazi, <laughs> it's just, you're right. It's not assumed that you're the good guy. No, right. no, I'm not going to do a deep dive on all the charity work you've done. I've seen you walking with the Nazi. If you see somebody that, that is in Nazi gear, Right. right. Shows over. Or, or better yet, all these protesters turn to the person in Nazi gear and go, you go home. We don't want you <laughs> right. part of our protest. All right. What if it's just like a semi Nazi? What if, it, what if it's just, uh, <laughs> what think, if they, what if they, I, what if they like, what if they like black people but don't like the Jews? How about that? That wouldn't no, be, no, that'd be like a half a Nazi. Yeah. You know, half Nazi is kind of like half pregnant. Okay. No, 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 no. Bad person. I don't want to be associated with you. My rules are very easy. I live a very simple life. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of gray in the world, and I love gray, but Nazis, black and white. Nazis, always bad. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. I like that. All right. Thanks, Devin. I We got a little of your performance in there. I love that energy, so I appreciate that. It's time to answer the questions i double dare you all right so we have uh, the questions for davin and uh, we are double daring him on this to answer truthfully and i'm just going to ask him one question and uh, here it is who do people tell you that you look like john lovitz john lovitz well how do you feel about that I'm not thrilled <laughs> okay 
<laughs> Nobody's ever said, my, that John Levis is handsome. I really want to get with him. Yeah. That sentence has never been said. Wait, how do you so, know? <laughs> Wait, is he uh, still? Right. Well, they, they could have. Well, listen, I, 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 listen John Lovett seems like a perfectly lovely he, I'm man. I'm sure he is. But it's, I don't. It's way better, way better than Randy know, Quaid. I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I, I just don't know if people are looking at John Lovett as a sex symbol. That's all. I'm yeah. Well, somebody must. Probably somebody that looks like you because <laughs> they see we're attracted to people who look like us. That's what they say, anyways. Ah, yes. Well, listen, let's do a quick recap here. Um, here's a guy who's going boldly, right? Davin has been. Since law school, he has been all in and busy guy. He has more projects coming up, as you heard. He's going boldly all the time. Um, uh, there were some clues here, folks, uh, some clues. Listen to, uh, listen to advice from a mentor that you trust, right? Somebody you respect, Correct. somebody in your industry, somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. And probably, you know, along with that would be kind of ignore the people who don't have a clue. Maybe have Maybe they're... Uh, the family members or close friends who are trying to protect you from the in, good intentions tell you no freaking way, Davin. What do you mean? Comedy. What are you crazy? You, you never want to ignore people that love you, Yeah. but it's like um, any advice, take it all in and use what you think pertains best to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Opportunity, right? Opportunity comes up. So uh, you took a, you, you grabbed a hold of the scam, the scammers, uh, moved to iHeart. That's a, that's a good, uh, like you said, that's like credibility, right? That, that was a great opportunity to take advantage of. You could have been scared and said, oh boy, you know, that's too big for us. We're not doing that. But you have to a different mindset. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to be scared. <laughs> uh, and the pivot, right? So a nice pivot, right? You have uh, hurdles and stuff came up. In this case, COVID shut down the entertainment business pretty much. And uh, so now we're laughing Laughing at home, laugh at home comedy. Appreciate having you on the show, man. It's awesome. Um, Thank you. Very Thank you for br- having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Give us a quick rundown on where people can find you and uh, some, you know, what they're going to get wherever they're looking. So go ahead. You've got some URLs you want to promote or anything like that. You want to just give your home address and have people show up with that uh, with cash in that envelope or <laughs> cash and masks. Um, yeah. DavinComedy.com because that, that has uh, my own calendar which isn't updated because there's not a ton of things sure. to update yeah. live. But you go but on DavinComedy.com you get all the info and all the podcasts about Davin's Den. Also Laugh at Home Comedy, which I believe we're going to be adding a date for Valentine's Day. Oh, so a great. lot of people will not be able to go out on Valentine's Day, but you can have comedy in your own home. Yeah. That should be updated within the week. I just gotta as soon as we're done here, I gotta talk to my partner Adam but yep. we've already had preliminary discussions. And yeah, all the podcasts and the radio show is live Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to davincomedy.com or you can watch it on the Davin's Den page on Facebook. I love it, man. There's a lot of good stuff there. I think that uh, the comedy, laugh at home comedy, that I think that can continue after the after COVID-19 yes. is over. You'll have that baby polished up and it'll be working great. All right, so uh, yep. thanks, Davin. Thanks to the listeners. Hope you got some good uh, nuggets there. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment. Send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one of them. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. There's some information in it that we have value to that person, so please share it with them. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will be easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please, 
subscribe. It will benefit us all. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in those comments, DMs, and subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun, but you have to comment, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. And finally, this is Russ the Big Guy saying thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.